You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Wake Up Tucson show. Matt Neely. Whoa, Nelly. Rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. Welcome back to the show, Monday edition. The uh, Tucson's going to get a little quieter. Looks like the gym show's wrapping up. Start breaking down the tents. See how it all goes. Uh, according to some of my hoteliers and restauranters, felt a little light this year. A little light. Still good. Still good. Just a little light. A little light. Um, but again, it's not going. When people say you're going to lose the gem show, it's tough because there's 78 different shows. And they're, not a, you know, they, they kind of get along but don't get along. So in a way, like, it's not like there's no, you know, it, there's no one decision-making one thing, body. Right. So that's, that kind of disorganization is what's saving us, as we like to say. So. Because it's really like, why are they here? Why would you be here? You know, most of the hotels where the gem show takes place are in the worst neighborhoods in Tucson. So, but we'll figure it out. Uh, we have uh, D. Filippo at uh, 707. We're going to rip the knob off. We're going to talk about Matt Hines hiding in the back, Dan Shearer, uh, Mary Glenn Hatcher. I do have a little, I, I do have a uh, an issue with the story. I already screenshotted and sent it to Dan. Uh, and Dan, I am a human. I'm not with a name. It's just not conservative talk show host. I just want to tell people that. So, you know, I am not a animal. I am a human, Dan. Just want to let you know. Um, we got, uh, there's so much stuff to cover today. Uh, so Dan Shearer interviewed, uh, Chris Nanos by himself on Friday for about 40 minutes. And I listened to that this morning and I, uh, I uh, I have notes and issues, and Nano says some crazy stuff in here, and nothing's ever his fault, and he does contradict himself. I know you guys are going to be, I know you're in shock. You all fell into your Cheerios right now saying that Chris Nanos contradicts himself, but we'll go through it. Um, we got to talk about uh, Bud Foster covering up a reality on Dr. Cullen's um, was hearing at the state legislature. And again, if there was real people in the news director, the way he wrote it and did it, there's literally stuff where Bud's making his own, his own uh, kind of judgments in the story instead of being a reporter. So we'll talk about that. But this is the now the time on sprockets. We talk about our weekends. Matt went to California that went okay. Everything was good. Yes, I did. I went to California. We had a uh, funeral and celebration of life for my mother, Esther Neely. And awesome. It was uh, spiritually the the um, the mass was spiritual and very beautiful, right? Yeah. And uh, um, and the celebration of life was uh, just that beautiful. We celebrated mom's uh, remarkable life. Uh, she lived to be ninety six years old. Um, she died on Christmas Day, and uh, we were all with her when she died. And uh, she was a, just a, a beautiful woman and um, 
with a remarkable life and she 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 lived a long and good life and we celebrated the heck out of that this weekend and it was just it was awesome. just wonderful chris it was just uplifting and and just any anything good i could say about it there were friends old and new um people that uh uh there was somebody there who who knew my parents um and they were close friends and i could explain things to you off the air just you know how special and relevant they are but they knew my parents before we came along right Right. so they were um so we had folks there from all parts of her wonderful life and uh now she's in heaven with dad and uh it just it was a beautiful weekend man just a beautiful weekend and your parents were both in their 90s yes right i know they went to go see both see the lord in the last year or so but Mm -hmm. they've had a hell of a quality of life for better than most they were blessed and uh I think, you know, we all feel mildly guilty that we had them away from heaven for so long. But uh, we were we were really blessed uh, that they lived long and, and full lives. And uh, boy, oh boy, just, you know, um, they were of the greatest generation. Um, they, sure. they both were born before the Depression. They both lived through the Depression as children. They both lived through the war. Um, Dad served at the very end of World War II, and um, Mom went to UCLA, got a degree when uh, a lot of women didn't get degrees, <laughs> get sure. college degrees, and, and uh, she had a remarkable career that she uh, selflessly put on hold to uh, raise a couple of knucklehead kids. And the planning that the family, my, my sister and her husband and uh, Kelly and I, and um, we all, you know, um, we all, this is a team project to put this on and, uh, God bless my sister. Just a wonderful person. I'm just so blessed to have such a great sister. And, but every, but the, we all, we all pooled our resource, our, you know, brain power and creative power and everything. And it was just, uh, I, we just really celebrated mom. So sorry to ramble on, but we no, really, no, no, we no, really no. celebrated mom, uh, just wonderfully. And it was obviously sad to say goodbye, but just, just a lot of happiness there Awesome. because, uh, because of gratitude that we had for her and gratitude for the part of her life that we shared. And we actually noted that, you know, for us, it was everything, right? Our frame of reference is everything. But for her, she had quite a life even before us. And, and her and dad had, had a wonderful life in retirement. So Awesome. Well, yeah. rest in peace, young lady. And yeah. uh, uh, again, you guys were so blessed to have both of them around at the quality of life they did for years. I, I hope I do anywhere close to that. I'd be thrilled and blessed. Yeah. So, yeah. amen. Yeah. Awesome. My my week was not as my weekend wasn't as important as and, and cool as that. But uh, Saturday, the big thing I would tell you. Uh, let's see, went to my Northwest Republican Association meeting. That was good. And then I had to go do a couple of things with the fam, and then including. Um, so I've been making this pizza recipe from Cook's Country. It's called the sheet pan pizza. It's the best home I saw the pizza picture. Wow. ever made. And well so done. Bill number two and I have been trying to figure out homemade pizza for, at home for. At least a decade. Well, you got a reasonably good pizza consultant and, and your your skill set, so that's a powerful combination. We've been working on this one for a while, and this is the best one we've ever made. It's kind of like focaccia, so came in, uh, him and Betts came over, and Betsy's uh, cousin, who is a uh, geologist, he came over, and so we just had a fun time. We had some Chianti, as Dr. Lecter would say, 
And so that was good. And uh, yesterday uh, was uh, went over to the track and just sat out outside on the on out, just watching watching the world go by, hanging out with Mark and Ed a little bit, and it was all good. Stayed for about four races, came home, and then uh, the Super Bowl. I had it on in the background, but none of my none of my guys or girls really cared about two teams, so. We played D&D at 4 o'clock yesterday and had the football game on on the back, so it was good. Uh, let's go to the phones, 790-2040. My pizza guy in crime, my brother and I do pizza stuff too, but Jello and I have been working on the homemade one. Uh, Jello, what's up? Hey, pizza been very, very good to me over my life, but uh, yeah, that's uh, you've been touting this, this pizza for quite some time. And uh, we finally got a chance to uh, get together, and you put it together for us. And uh, it was everything you said it was going to be, and probably even a little bit more. That's unbelievable, because uh, it's really hard, like you say, to get a, a, a pizza at home made, you know, with a with a crunch to it and stuff like that without burning the heck out of it. And uh, the flavors were great. The crust was um, airy and and it wasn't your Neapolitan pizza, thin, thin crust like that, but it was done. It was cooked. It was properly done, and the flavors were great. And you added a caramelized onions and uh, I think some salami to yeah, one so of pres- them. Yeah, uh, dry soppressata salami on there. Oh, that was a home run. That was re- Both of them actually were a home run, but that was really good. So my point in calling in was just to let the Wakeys know that you weren't uh, – fibbing on this uh, thing so if, they, if they want if they want to uh, and you've never we've tried it on the grill we've you know we've done it all we've done cast yeah. iron pans we've yeah. done we've done a pizza stones all that jazz all right just short of buying a regular you know ten thousand dollar pizza oven or whatever they are now that uh, no it worked out pretty good so maybe the wakeys might want that recipe and uh, it's a little it'll take it's a little work they got to make the dough and stuff like that but that's It'll make a lot of pizza for you, so it's pretty darn good. So just giving you a heads up. Okay, Thanks, guys? bud. Appreciate you it. Good okay, seeing you guys care. Saturday. Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah, it's called uh, Cook's Country, which is test, America's Test Kitchen, sheet pan pizza, and uh, it's a great focaccia-like dough, and then you uh, put it, you uh, let it rise and press it with your fingers. You want a little uneven. It, feels, it reminds me of uh, a little bit of Sicilian pizzas when we were back in New York, and... Um, it does that oven fry like the Detroit one does in the pan, so it crisps up real nice. It's and it heats up amazingly uh, when you reheat it in the oven. Um, Mrs. D and my son heated up yesterday before the Super Bowl, and it was just chef's kiss, as we like to say. So, um, all right, let's get going. I'll probably want to get to before Joanne gets here. We're going to play the... I'm not going to play it. I, I can't say I'm listening to his voice. I'll go through the Bud Foster piece of crap review on the Dr. Cullen uh, train wreck. But then a, one of our great listeners sent sent me his reflections on the Dr. Cullen thing. And you'll see one steeped in reality and the other one steeped in fantasy land, which of course is Bud. So... Uh, over the weekend, it was well t- between Saturday and today. We had Peter Gabriel's birthday, Steve Hackett, of course, both from early Genesis and solo careers of himself. We got Tennessee Ernie, Peter Tork from the Monkees' birthday. We're doing it up today, so little Fairport convention before it's all over. Wake up Tucson, ten thirty. Voice local news and talk. 
623 in the morning. Wake up Tucson, 1030 The Voice. Local news and talk. Uh, tomorrow is our 115th uh, Valentine's Day show. Wow. Yep. They just they just pile up, don't they? They do. Amazing. Well, this show's so full of love. Amazing. <laughs> Learn how to love. <laughs> so uh, three things for tomorrow. Remember, uh, we'll take your, uh, Matt and I are going to play your lovey-dovey requests. So uh, remember to email us at wakeuptucsoncomments at gmail.com with your song. And what's your dedication for your lovey-dovey? So uh, make sure you do that, uh, you know, between now and first come, first serve, as we say. This song goes out to Rihanna from her. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) I won't. We'll talk about that later, possibly. Uh, But let's go to the phone, 790-2040. Liz, good morning. Welcome to Monday. Good morning. I just wanted to make a comment on the interview with Nanos on Friday with um, Dan Shear. Is this the Liz that goes to the scary Wal- uh, Walgreens on Oracle that's closed? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, it's, it's me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what a bunch of excuses. Um, what a sad interview. And, you know, I appreciate Dan hitting hard with the questions. I wish you would have asked about the vaccine mandate. But I have never heard more excuses from a sheriff. You know, the Stone Garden money, um, the the new recruits not being able to uh, detect the fentanyl because they've only had seven weeks of training through the X-ray machines. Um, just a lot of a lot of BS. And <laughs> it, it, it was almost embarrassing. And and I think Dan was really good at at holding. You know, his his he was. I don't know, I'm looking for the word, I guess decorum and being a good interviewer without just like crapping all over him. Because really, every every question was met with an excuse as to why, um, you know, the, the Pima County Jail is not working the way it should be. If I could get more people in Tucson to do interviews like Dan did with Nanos, right, it'd be a better place, right? Other radio shows, newspapers, TVs, right? Dan just did the kind of Joe Friday, just the facts kind of thing, and uh, he did a very nice job with it. Uh, so you, you're going to get me started, which is great. So the, let's talk about the uh, the seven weeks training. So, <laughs> so Dan starts bringing up the fact of all this contraband's got to be coming through. If it's not coming for the, it's got to be coming through emplo- from employees, right? And maybe the perps, right? And, or the people in jail. So I don't say perps. And so he literally said, this is a quote from Nanos, not totally exact. He says, we have a $250,000 x-ray machine run by 18 to 19-year-old employees with seven weeks of training. I'm like, why would you say that? Was it, I wasn't sure if he was bragging on that or maligning that. And if he's maligning it, Liz, isn't that on him that he's... I mean, these are the kids that, what, couldn't get to work at, at In-N-Out Burger, so they're working for Nanos, working the machine? Well, he also made a comment about Maricopa, and I, I can't quite remember the comment because I think Dan asked him, you know, if the problems, if we had more problems than Maricopa, and he said no, but he wasn't aware of the numbers that Maricopa Okay, had. so I'll, 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 I'll give it to you. More than ours. So Dan asked him, he referred to the Arizona Luminaria, where basically Nanos is four times the national per capita average on deaths in jail, and then more than Rikers Island per capita, right? 
So first of all, he said the other jails lie and they're not as transparent as he is. That's basically what he said. Okay. I've asked these guys. They just won't tell me. Right? Okay. So we got that. Maybe because it's Nanos calling. They're like the other the other sheriff's like, oh crap, Nanos is calling. Ugh. Right? Um then the other thing was um he talks about, he says, he actually says, well, it seems alarming. <laughs> um, so then he had to blame uh, COVID for his deaths, which, of course, was interesting in 2021 because, remember, he's the one who lied to the Board of Soups that a COVID death was actually what we learned from his own employee was actually a uh, mis, uh, uh, methadone uh, mistreatment, right? So... So when Chris says, oh, I lost a bunch of people because of the COVID, was it really COVID, Chris? Because you seem to be a little bit of an exaggerator on your COVID. He's proud of the vax mandate, right? And so he says, well, you know, ever since we did the vax mandate, no one died. But then he goes, well, you know, I know the numbers around the country kind of fell too. <laughs> it, it, it was appalling. And this is who we have for sheriff, right? And if this is how he's trying to get a new jail, it... it I am not for that, increasing the sales tax to get a new jail. He needs to get it together. And whatever's going on in there, is, it all is on him. So if he can't use the $250,000 x-ray machine, then find somebody who can. But something's going on in there, and he doesn't want to face it. And instead, he backpedals and backpedals, and he is transparent. We all see what's going on because of his buffoon answers to the questions. Yeah, he was... It was blatant. It was a weak sauce, as we like to say yesterday. So, Liz, you got me on this right now, so I'm going to keep going through my notes on Nanos when we come back, all right? Okay, you have a good day. You too. Have a great week. Thanks for kicking this off. We appreciate it. Peter Talk. Peter Talk from the Monkees. It's his birthday today. Wake up, Tucson. Ah, oh, my soul. <laughs> Ah, uh, Tennessee Ernie's birthday. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Christopher Simone, our good friend, ESQ. Uh, Liz got me started off on this discussion, uh, and uh, DeFilippo is coming to the top of the hour. In addition to the Love Fest tomorrow on, 4th, on uh, Valentine's Day, we have uh, Ted Maxwell will be here at 7 o'clock, and then the one I'm really looking forward to, Dr. Robert Malone at 8.07, He's the one that caused uh, Neil Young to pull all his music off of Spotify because he had a real conversation about the COVID horse crap with Joe Rogan. I'm pulling my music off. Three months later. I'm putting my music back on. I'm back. I showed you guys. I need that money to make my mortgage payment in my house in Canada. Heart of, heart of gold was going to bronze. <laughs> Needed to get my heart of gold back. I saw Harvest Moon was down to some minimum levels. Okay, Rogan, you win, the SOB. All right, now, um, so uh, uh, Dan Shearer at 12 noon on Friday interviewed um, Chris Nanos. And um, it was a train wreck like we thought. Um, I, like when, I like when Dan asked him about why he wants a new jail and blow the whole thing up and whatever, right? I love his condescending. This is Dan Shearer, right? This is not an 11-year-old, right? And he goes, you know, Dan, I'll start real easy for you. 
That's what he said. I'm like, this is this is not like teaching a nine year old about quantum physics, right? This is a guy who knows more about what's going on in this this region than Chris Nano. So I'll start real easy for you. Imagine if you said that to someone in the day and age. If I if you said that to a woman, they'd be little like, "You're Philly, condescending to me, little Philly." Let me start. Yeah, off. <laughs> let me start off real easy I, for you. I, I always want to go into our foghorn, right? Now let me start real easy for you, boy. Real Using easy. One syllable words. You may be a chicken hawk. Um, so he says that there, uh, he starts talking about the Albuquerque had this riot at their jail in the last couple of years. And he starts, to how many, s- I wonder how many fatalities, they, how many deaths they had in their Let jail. Let me start real easy with the Albuquerque travesty. Okay. Um, so he talks about all these things about how they had these problems and they're understaffed or overworked morales and the crapper, blah, blah, blah. And CEOs are falling as CEO, excuse me. COs or correction officers are falling asleep on the job because they're working like 20 hour shifts because they're understaffed, right? He goes, well, that's what's happening at our jail. He just admitted that they're overworked, overstaffed under, uh, sorry, understaffed and they're working 20 hour sheeps, ship, shifts and they're falling asleep. He said that. So Chad Kazmar just said, admitted last week he doesn't have enough cops to cover Tucson to provide safety, and then this guy provi- says that his his dudes are falling asleep. I mean, okay. Um, so when Dan brings up the um, oh, so in the memo. Jan put Jan Lesher talking. Uh, it was a memo about the Blue Ribbon Committee. Of course, Blue Ribbon Committees are great places where good ideas go to die, right? And um, that's my words. Uh, but so Dan mentions the idea that she wants to talk about look reviewing and changing the policies of how things are going at the jail, right? And he was like, "It's not like he didn't take that as like." I kind of suck and we need to figure out how to do it better. Like, oh yeah, we're just kind of overview and I know he brought up even a team of corrections science. So whatever, he, oh, it was just great. So Dan brings up Luminaria thing that his his per capita death rate is higher than any jail the average in America and he's he actually is putting the shame on the death uh the death rate uh Rikers Island. Yes, the one you've seen in all the movies and of course all your law and orders you're binging every day. He, could you explain? Dan, Dan talks about how his per capita death sure, yeah. is higher than Rikers Island. Yeah, okay. Which uh, conservative talk radio host uh, did a shock month jock, or so ago? Shock jock. Thank you. Uh, so literally, he says other jails aren't as transparent as him. That's the problem. They got way yeah, more. Just saying he's busy. <laughs> like, oh, that inmate is busy. They can't. <laughs> they like it here. That's why we're not. Again, and then of course. We already talked about with Liz, right, that he blamed COVID, right, the killing thing. But we've already learned that one of the COVID deaths he lied about. At least one of them, clearly. So he's lied about the COVID deaths, but these other people aren't transparent. Then he talks about fentanyl. He says fentanyl's not his fault, right? Well, not in the general, you know, thing, right? So he literally says he has a two hundred, sorry, $250,000 x-ray machine. This is, this is, Dan, if you're listening, let me know if I'm wrong, okay? He said... We have 18 to 19 year olds running a quarter million dollar machine with seven weeks of training. And it's just hard for them to find stuff. That's what he said. Um, 
Then he talks about two of their deaths. The people were so crazy, right? That they so he blames that they were crazy because they were eating their own fecal matter and other things, right? Excuse me, while we're I should have said before you were eating your cream of wheat here, uh, and then he talks about how the courts delayed their so these are people one guy he said was arrested for ripping off a bicycle from an industrial yard right and then what happened was they found that he was kind of had real mental problems but the court delayed his appearance for six months right because they him and his lawyer pleaded not guilty and he says you know if he just pleaded guilty he probably wouldn't back on the street sure of course (laughs) that'd make things simpler for everybody wouldn't it so then Dan brings up David Igeta, okay? And David is the real District 2 supervisor. This is Matt Hines' chief of staff. He's the guy who does the job. He's been around forever over there, okay? He does the job while Matt's eating bagels in the back because he doesn't want to get yelled at by the dirty little citizens, okay? He was watching the television. All right. That's true, okay? So Igeta says basically he uh, – this is a Igeta – this is, this is not even Matt sending it. This is Igeta sending it to Jan Lesher. So if you want proof that David Igeta wears the pants in that office, this is it. He literally went right past Heinz and sent it to Jan. Okay? Not those kind of black panty pants either. He just wears pants, okay? It's a, it's a, I'm sure that's binary. I'm in trouble. Patty at BustosMedia.com. Now, uh, so... Um, so he get us basically says that the, uh, employees are bringing in the jail uh, are bringing in the drugs and it's Nanos's fault. That's what he says. Dan's going to send me the email, but Dan, Dan mentioned this, read the email on the air. Okay. And so Nanos is like, well, uh, that used to be the case, but now it's not. I, the only thing I wish Dan would ask again, Dan, I'm just being nitpicky hindsight is when did you. When did you change your, quote, stance on this? Was it after Igeta called you out that all your that your employees, he's like, well, you know, these guys used to come in with their backpacks because they got to have their lunch and their dinner and blah, blah, blah. So now we don't have black backpacks. Oh, and, and we got the clear bag policy like they do at U of A games. <laughs> so then he says... Patting down employees and having the drug dog sniff him is bad for morale, which is going to make things worse. <laughs> I, I, literally, he said that. Well, is it, are we supposed to make this a no drug zone? I mean, aren't you the? I mean, you're the number one problem. Morale sucks because you and your cabal are usually a bunch of jerks. Okay. But now you're saying, well, you know, we got to do this. We, we, you know, it's kind of like uh, Kramer. I'm going to stop talking now. That's what he literally Dan's like. Oh, he's like, well, that used to be the case. The employees used to bring in backpacks, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we can't. Ca- he literally said can't catch everything that comes through. Why not? So literally, here's the other problem, Chris. Your employees don't respect you or care about you. That's why they keep sneaking things in. <laughs> You know, like, you know, you, you, so think about this. Yeah, we've watched how many movies about guys in prisons have we watched? A zillion, right? Escape from Alcatraz, Shawshank, whatever. Uh, Goodfellas, right? Remember they were getting all that good, uh, the, the garlic they were cutting with the razor blade and the, the, and the vino and all that stuff. 
Well, it's still going on right now in 2023 in Chris Danos' jail. Wow. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is going to hurt morale, bro. They shouldn't be bringing drugs in, Chris. Just, uh, just a little tip. Um, he's saying he's not saying Igeta's wrong. Oh, he also said for a while they stopped attorney and family visits. You can only iPad with your client. Well, you know something? I, if I was that guy's attorney and I'm supposed to be kind of taking care of him, I kind of want to really see what's going on in the jail. Sure. And the families. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is the same guy who smoked the families, remember, when they were protesting on the deaths. That did happen. So then Dan asked him about Stone Garden. Good. He goes, we don't need it. Okay. Throws the, words back at him, right? The, this is, so he says, fentanyl's coming through the ports. It's not coming through the desert. Which is a lie, too. It's coming through both. Whether it is or not, the overtime was for extra officers to find it in the country. So here's so here's the thing he goes. Well, they're giving me money so I can do their job. I'm not. It's not like I asked the border patrol. I'm not giving them Pima County money to make traffic stops. Talk about he literally excuses. said that. Wow. wow, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. <laughs> but this is where the gold. Here's the gold line. Here's the gold. He says Stone Garden, and why we're not doing this is the polit. This is politicizing the border. This is politicizing the border. That's what he had said. Right? Right. He, he, I don't want to participate in the politics of the border. You know, like he's he's like Mr. Joe Cop Purity over there, right? But ah, Shakespeare wrote it hundreds of years ago. I, there's the rub. Mm-hmm. Who in his Pima County Sheriff's Department uniform did a politicization of the border campaign commercial for the racist governor we have now? Thank you, Christopher DeSimone. Chris was sheriff. freaking Nanos. It was. It was. So Mr. Politicized the Border. He got on it's a high projection. horse on It's Dan. always projection, isn't it? Oh. It's always projection. He literally was like, I don't poli- I'm above the fray on the politics of the border. You didn't even, she screwed you over. You didn't even get the DPS job. That's right. I couldn't wait for your DPS. Uh, I wonder if that's a confirmation hearing, having uh, Dan, uh, having Chris Nanos go in front of uh, Mr. Hoffman. That'll be hilarious. So this, go listen to it. And just so I can point out, the Salarita PD, using Stone Garden money, found 100, po- 100 pounds of fentanyl that was destined for our streets. And they, and they weren't going over, um, they weren't going over the... Uh, uh, out in the desert. No, it, right? was, it was on the railroad tracks by the entrance to Quail Creek. That's what's amazing. That's why when, when he says, we're not sending my guys out into the desert to go get some drugs. What? And it probably did come in through the port. For all we know, it, it very well could have. Who knows? But it was right at Quail Creek. Anyone who's uh, intellectually honest will tell you that drugs are coming everywhere across that border they're coming through the ports they're coming on guys with atvs uh they're giving it to the illegal immigrants who are getting picked up by the 12 year old and nogales and his mom's honda civic 
So again, it could be coming in balloons by now for all we know. Chris right? Nanos embarrassed himself. Oh, I don't know again. Wow. But when he said, when I, when I, I, I listened to this, I listened to this interview instead of listening to my, my talk sports soccer from England today. This is what I do for the show. All right. But Dan did a nice job. But when he said, I don't, I'm not into the politicization of the border. And then I'm going, Hey, Jack wagon. You remember that commercial where you had your arms crossed? Next to the Valley Girl, and you're like, "Yeah, Katie's got. She's got a great plan for the border, bro." Yikes! Yikes! De Filippo's coming up in about 15 minutes. We got stuff. She uh, part of her homework yesterday. She wasn't at the track. Part of her homework was to listen to the Doctor Color confirmation hearing. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Matt Hines. Matt's very upset that someone took a picture of him eating bagels. Very upset. So is Adelita, I'm hearing. So you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local Adelitist. 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. All right, a little classic Genesis with Peter Gabriel. Uh, Steve Hackett, 6.52 in the morning. Chris Simone, Dr. D. Filippo coming up at the top of the hour. Just gave a... Uh, a uh, semi-decent uh, review of the Dan Shearer uh, discussion uh, with Chris Nanos, who is a train wreck. You know what I want to do? Before D- Joanne gets here, I want to do this uh, analysis that one of our great listeners, they have not given me permission to use their name, so if they hear it, if they want me to do it, I'll do it later. But So um, I said a listener who's been following Pima County government, you can find this on the dsimonehq.com and then go to the blog and you'll see my uh, that picture of Dr. Cullen looking sullen. Thank you. That was actually taken by me, photo critic Christy Simone. Uh, but uh, I, when I first said sullen Cullen, my son's like, this sounds like a, you sound like you're doing a bad Trump thing. Yeah, the great sullen Cullen. You ever see her? You ever see her? It's always sad. No energy. No energy. Low energy sullen Cullen. But um, she was not nice to me. <laughs> it's always whether they were nice to him or not nice to him. I mean, face it. Oh, this is a good one. Wendy Rogers. Oh, I do. Have before we're thinking about Trump and then I'll get to this letter. So a bunch of you. <laughs> no, play it one more time. Finish it off. Let's go. So great. So. Uh, because it's the Super Bowl, right? Everyone sends, you know, there's always a fun little amount of Super Bowl. Memory. Thank you. That's where I was going to go, memory. So a friend of mine sent this one out. I'm sure you guys have seen this, right? And it's the one that says, with the Super Bowl in Arizona, we should know the winner in just a few months, right? As a reflection of our elections. And I got, I got, I got, I, and I got a good, I got a good laugh out of this. But I do, thank you. I do have an addendum to that. To make it more accurate, Carrie Lake is the quarterback that would tell half their team that they're blanking worthless, and they just better get their crap together and work with you. An interesting way to motivate your team. Didn't work for Tom Brady, apparently. That's so. You want a more accurate one? Yes, it's going to take a while to get the score. But Carrie Lake is literally the quarterback berating her offensive line that you guys suck. So just want to add to that. But let's get to this. Uh, 
And there was an insurrection in uh, Philadelphia last night. So There was. Yeah. <laughs> right near that place where... Um, Biden did his uh, red lit. Uh, remember with the sure. uh, his uh, dark, the eerie, dark Lord of the, the Sith dark, uh, the thing. Dark speech. <laughs> <laughs> he went to a dark place. Wow, that was a that was a dark moment. I'll tell you, that was perfect. That was that was that that's a perfect summation of what we were evil going Biden through. or something. I don't know. Uh, he's manipulated, right? I mean, he's 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 a jerk on his own, but he's a senile jerk that's now been manipulated by. The B team, the, the the B team of libs, okay. Um, like the scene in Animal House where they said, "Assume the position like the, at the, <laughs> at the uh, sacred fraternity uh, swearing in." <laughs> All right, so this is from a listener who watched the Doctor Cullen hearing that I sent out. Christopher, it's not easy to take the time to go to a hearing in Phoenix. Thanks for putting in the effort on the Cullen hearing, and thanks for sharing the clips of the hearing on Friday. Dr. Cullen showed by her testimony. This is this this listener nails it. Okay, Dr. Cullen shows, and this when we get to the Bud Foster report, we're going to do a little compare contrast. But I want to get that. Dr. Cullen showed by her testimony that the concepts of individual freedom and private property rights were never considerations in her decision. She either forgot or did not seem to care that this country was founded on the unalienable God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Constitution was established to do, among other things, secure the blessings of liberty. The Fifth Amendment states that no one shall deprive the liberty or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. In case Dr. Collins confused, a bureaucrat's edict does not constitute due process of law. I also believe that demanding a business shutdown for months on basis of supposed public emergency is just as much, if not a more taking of a business owner's property as an easement for a sidewalk. Where was that compensation? At least I would expect a serious discussion about some balancing of individual rights versus a speculative public health benefit. Where's the memo discussing the harms of these edicts? And will do versus the supposed gain. I see no evidence that there was such a discussion. I also see no evidence that anyone considered the known harm being done to school children by keeping them out of school versus the very speculative, quote, benefit. The priority should be first to do no harm. This was just a mistake. The mi- this was not just a mistake the middle of a sudden emergency. This was a long-running failure that even can, that to, uh, a, it was a long run. This is a long-running failure to even consider individual rights, destruction of businesses, and the harm being perpetrated on children. I thought at one point she was basically going to use the, quote, I was just following orders defense. Offense usually regularly used to justify the unjustifiable. The question about whether she ever pushed back when the county administrator, that'd be Huckleberry, gave the orders she she was very telling. The answer was no. Is that the behavior of someone qualified to give health advice for the state of Arizona? All of this is a part of the legacy of Chuck Huckleberry and his acolytes. I can go on for pages, but the main point is good job. It's essential that the actions of these bureaucrats be highlighted, documented, and remembered. Otherwise, they will do the same thing the next time. They can frighten the public into believing that, quote, some emergency justifies the suspension of our freedoms and constitutional rights. Well stated. That's one of our amazing listeners. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some holidays out before we run out of time here. There's a couple of good ones. Uh, what do we got here? 
clean out your computer day. It's like when I used to go to my in-laws' house, like, how do I get rid of these one these ten point five million cookies on my computer? It's a little slow. So uh it's uh Galentine's Day where you're supposed to hang out with your girlfriend before Valentine's Day with your with your beau. Uh get a different name day. Mine's easy. It's the one I use when I uh I get a takeout order. It's Rodolfo. Remember? Rodolfo. R it's not R U, it's R O. R O D O L F O. International Natural Day. Okay. Um uh, National Breakup with your National Cheddar Cheese Day. Very important. Uh National Tortellini Day. And one of my favorites, oatmeal. But more importantly, it's World Radio Day. Hey! Oh, holy crap! Dr. D. Filippo.